Oh, hi. I'm Dr. K. Mastercola, physical therapist and mental health meme maker. I've spent the past 10 years navigating life with mental illness, and I found a lot of survival guides out there, but none that talk about what happens next. No one is talking about that radical space between surviving and thriving. So I created this podcast as a way to embrace the awkward in pursuit of finding what success truly means. Thanks for coming along too. This is The Thrive Guide. Testing, testing, is this thing on? Okay, this is super exciting. So welcome to my first episode of The Thrive Guide. I am Dr. K. Mastricola, or better known on the internet as DBTs with anxiety. And you are probably wondering, why the heck has she started a podcast? And the answer is, I have an inability to say no to anything. <laughs> well, that's funny um, and also a smidge true. Um, this has been an opportunity that has been kind of presented to me in a really cool format. And it's something that I've been dabbling with in my head for a while of like, oh, I should go and like, you know, post more content about my real life as a PT and like the more like anxious moments, those like anxiety archives. Um, and then Jimmy McKay of PT Pinecast has so graciously invited me to join his network. And I am so, so excited to bring you this intricate and awkward experience with me, I guess, uh, where we kind of like peel back the layers of what it means to be successful, right? And so I'm not going to lie. I am terrified. I have no idea what I'm doing. And the imposter syndrome is raging. But if there's one thing I'm good at, it is figuring it out as I go. Funny story to start. I was talking to my coworkers about starting this podcast. I've been working at my job as a pelvic health PT for about a year now. And they were like, oh, like, do you like have anything planned? And I was like, actually, I have like my first five episodes planned. And they were like, oh, that's really off brand because they know me as just kind of jumping into these projects in a, in a true ADHD way and just figuring it out as I go and somehow it works. Um, so I have a little bit of a plan. It's a little bit unstructured. Um, I've got myself on a timer here. And so I think we should just jump right in and talk about what is this going to be about and why you're deciding to spend 30 minutes with me as I talk alone in my office right now. Uh, so the Thrive Guide is basically looking beyond what we have, right? So there are so many survival guides out there. And it's like, how to survive this? How to survive that? How to keep your head above water? And I did that for so long. I merely survived. There were times where I got shoved right back under, swept up in that undertow and drowning, 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 keeping my head above water, surviving. But what does it take to thrive? No one ever told me that. No one ever told me that it's awkward, that it's ugly. Here I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I survive and then I am successful. And a lot of therapy has taught me that that is not how this works. So here's what I'm going to do for you guys. We're going to talk about it and we're going to laugh about it. This podcast goes beyond physical therapy and just kind of looks more at like, what is success? What measures success? How to find yourself being successful? Yeah, how to survive, but what to do in that next step 
afterwards to actually thrive, right? To understand that that awkwardness that you're all experiencing is part of the process. This podcast, it is so that our anxieties become normalcy. We all have anxiety. That's why you're here. That's why I have 15,000 people listening to what I am posting on the internet. And my coworker said, she's like, that's 30,000 eyeballs. And I'm like, I'm not a math guy. That's a lot of eyeballs. And, but it's true, right? You're here because it's not because you want to be me, because you are me. You are anxious. And that is okay. This podcast really takes away all of our layers and says, no, life is raw. Life is awkward. So let's embrace the awkward so that our anxieties become our normalcy. All right. I guess the best way to dive into this podcast then is to really talk about where I felt I was in my deepest pit of survival mode. And so a little bit of background about me, if you're new and joining me on this podcast, new and joining me on my platform, I am a, like I said, a doctor in physical therapy. I work primarily in pelvic health, but I am also neurodivergent. So what does that mean? It means my brain works different. It means that my brain is not necessarily wired to sit in one place and focus on a task. It is meant to jump from ideas. It is meant to jump from fun thing to fun thing. It really hates mundane tasks. So grad school was a total nightmare, you can imagine. So my neurodivergence, I am diagnosed clinically with anxiety, depression, and ADHD. I also, in the spring of 2017, fell 16 feet off a rock wall and got a serious TBI that exacerbated a lot of my symptoms. And so this is me candidly experiencing life as an awkward and anxious and human person, right? We're all just this electric meat suit trying to figure it all out. And what I've learned in this journey, because you could look at my page and you can be like, oh my God, she's successful. My, my definition of success is varied. Right now, I find myself on a process without a goal. I find myself like this podcast often rambling. And that is true neurodivergent, right? It's following that path. And sometimes it's a path of massive resistance because it is. I am so determined to get what I want. And that's what's funny about this podcast is that it is something I wanted to do. And it is something that I now have the opportunity to do because I was I was asked to do it and instead of asking myself. And I think that we'll get into that a lot about, you know, how do we ask ourselves things? And because you're easy to say no to yourself. It's easy to tell yourself no. It is very hard to tell other people no. And that is a lesson that. I learned very quickly and very truly in grad school as I began, you know, biting off more than I could chew because as someone with uh, ADHD, rejection sensitivity dysphoria is huge. And that's, that's the notion of, I have done something incorrect, something that 
may not even be that big of a deal to somebody else, but for some reason, my brain and my visceral response is to set everything on fire. And it is like, you are the worst human being. This is why you are a problem. You are an inconvenience to everybody around you. And all of that is noise. All of that is, is just noise. But but in that moment, that noise is loud. And in that moment, it's, it's not easy to separate yourself from the noise. Uh, it's human to feel that noise. And, and if you are also struggling with ADHD, um, trying to thrive with ADHD, this might feel very real to you. And so... I guess the the biggest piece of advice there is is to step back and and remind yourself that it's noise, you know. And it's like, oh, that's that's loud, and that's annoying, right? My therapist once told me to name my anxiety, and so my anxiety's name is Trevor. And whenever that anxiety gets too loud, Trevor, shut up, because it's not a part of me, right? It is it is something that lives rent free in my head. It's a squatter by rights and definition, uh, but it doesn't belong there. It is separate from who I am, who my personality is. It makes me funny. I can say that I'm funny. Uh, Does that sound arrogant? Maybe. But I make myself laugh. I make my therapist laugh. And that's what matters to me. And, you know, we can can all just find those things that may be loud and are we can calm down that chatter and we can find the, the better parts in them, right? And so that's I guess long story longer, what this podcast aims to do is is to normalize these anxious ramblings and, and these feelings of overwhelming and these feelings of imposter syndrome. And you'll find me, I'll be inviting guests of people who I think are successful, uh, people who I admire, people both in and out of the PT community who went through that period of survival to thriving. And the awkward in between. This podcast, you get secondhand embarrassment or your money back. And so with that, let's kind of jump into the time where I found myself in my deepest pit of survival mode and why that's so important to who I am now, not only as a person, but as a practitioner. So to set the scene for you, I was in my last semester of physical therapy school, I was in my third of fourth clinical and I was placed in Peoria, Illinois, which if you don't know where that is, I am so happy for you because I wish I could erase it from my brain. And if you live in Peoria, Illinois and you love it, that's awesome. There were some amazing coffee shops there. But I grew up in New Jersey and I went to school in St. Louis and I now live in Chicago. The cities are where I feel alive. They're where I feel like I can blend into things. I can mask a lot easier. So when you put me in an open space with a lot of corn, Trevor starts to get loud. That anxiety starts to get loud. You take me away from the people who are close to me, supporting me. Things get loud and things get scary. And so all of that compiled with an unsupportive environment of my clinical experience, I was crashing and burning. So in this rotation, I was placed in an acute care cardiac rehab center, the cardiac ICU. So the sickest of the sick in the hospital, people post uh, open heart surgery, people with lines and tubes out of places that I didn't even know lines and tubes could come out of. And 
I was placed in a situation where it was actually a four to one CI ratio. And so if you're joining me, you're not familiar with physical therapy, a CI is a clinical instructor. They're the ones who help oversee a lot of basically everything you do. So patient safety and what you're performing, how you're performing, how you're doing it. And they're supposed to be supportive and they're supposed to be <laughs> gentle, you know, like a little bit of like Dura Mater, like tough mother energy. And I had some really great CIs previously that did that to me. You know, I value honesty. I don't tolerate mean. I, I don't tolerate watching me fail, right? You can, you can point out something that I did wrong and you can teach me because that's what I'm paying $10,000 a semester for. But just because I am a student doesn't mean you get to be mean to me. Doesn't mean that you get to set me up to fail to teach me a lesson. Because here's the thing, in cardiac ICU, that is a very scary place to fail because people are very fragile. And I felt like I was failing on all cylinders. So going back to the CI ratio, clinical instructor, typically, you know, if you think about safe ratios, max is two, two students per CI. Um, and then hopefully in ideal world, it's one-on-one. -on -one, so you kind of get a little bit of independence, a little bit of like guidance. Uh, so there was an oversight between two schools. So there were two students there who were about six weeks ahead of me, um, just in their rotation there. And so me and one of my classmates had gone in. And so now it is the four of us. So they have about four weeks left. I have um, the 10 weeks ahead of me. And the CI thought it would be a really good learning opportunity for the students who are six years ahead of me from this other university to do his job is what it felt like and is what I reported on my clinical reports on the end um, to teach us the ropes of the hospital, to teach us line management, to teach us patient safety transfers, all of these things that I was hoping to get the information of someone who has been there in this world for 20 plus years. And I got kids who are my age doing it for six weeks teaching me. So that was kind of the first time where I was like, oh, this is very different. And this is maybe not what I signed up for. And I felt stuck. And I felt stuck in that space where, oh, how am I going to get out of this? And, and my brain starts going into that survival mode, right? It, it's fight or flight. It's live or die. It is pass or fail. And failure was not an option. And you have to remember, this is 2021. So we are coming right out of a pandemic. Things are lifting up, but it's starting to get awkward. Delta's resurging. And I'm working with critically ill adults. So there's a lot going through my brain at this moment and without a solid support system. And as someone with anxiety and depression... That support system is key. And yes, there's the internet. And yes, there's these like people you can talk to, but there's a there's a power in human connection, which we'll talk with a lot on, on this podcast. Um, there's a lot that we gather from other people, we learn from other people. And whether that be good or bad, we are always learning from other people. And so what I learned on this experience is sometimes you just gotta grit your teeth and go. And so that's what I did. Every day I showed up 
every day I did what I needed to do, what I thought I needed to do until it got to about week five and week five out of 10. So it's midterms and I get sat down and I got looked in the eye and my clinical instructor said, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to pass or fail you yet. I'm not sure you've proven anything to me that shows me that you're willing to pass, that you that you have the skills to pass. And I went into full panic mode. At this point, I am I am well medicated. I have just started Adderall, so my brain has finally felt like it has left lifted out of a cloud. Um, I had felt actually clearer than I had in years, even though I felt my depression heightening. Um, my, my brain was clearer. I was able to focus. And so I was like, I don't understand these messages being sent to me because there is also no guidance. It is just judgment, but without guidance. And that I think was the thing that hurt the most. It's like, why, why are we, why were you waiting five weeks to tell me to halfway to tell me that you're not sure that what I'm doing is correct? Wouldn't you want to foster me to be better? And I think that, you know, how do we, how do we foster ourselves to be better? How do we, how do we do these check-ins before it's too late? And like, that's, that's one thing I learned looking back on this and even kind of processing and reflecting now. So, you know, thanks to my audience listening, you're doubling as my self-therapy session. Um, and so that rejection sensitivity dysphoria that we talked about earlier doubled. It, it tripled, it quadrupled. And there was a point where my body just went into full freeze and I just felt heat just dripping down my face. I am crying. I, I, I am aware in the back of my head, this is unprofessional, um, in, in quotes, right? Because apparently emotions are unprofessional. Uh, we'll, we'll break down that barrier a lot. And my clinical instructor is like, why are you crying? I'm like, I'm sorry. My entire degree is on the line here. And you're telling me that you're not even sure that I can be passing. And did I say any of this? No. I, all I could muster up was like, my brain is on fire. And that is, and then I can physically hear everything you are saying. And I can physically process this. And there is a half of my brain, a Jekyll and Hyde, where Jekyll is completely just ingesting this information and being like, okay, how do I do better? How do I already scheming a plan? And then there is Hyde, which is just pure emotion. And that pure emotion is terror. It is survival. It is sadness. I was sad because someone is seeing me now as a failure, right? They're they're not sure yet if I'm a failure. And and now I'm like rummaging, being like, how do I how do I change this perspective? And so I leave, right? I, I leave this meeting. I, I'm collecting myself. I'm doing every neuro down training trick that I have, but it is not working. Because I am so fixated on the idea of how do I survive? How do I survive? How do I survive? Because I needed to. And it got to a point that night where I was like, I need to leave to survive. I, I need to take myself out of this situation. This is not where I need to be. I don't need to be in the middle of nowhere. I don't need to be away from my housing, away from my support system. And, and sometimes it's, it's okay to, to leave if you're not comfortable. Um, but for me, 
Uh, I take a lot of pride. I am very prideful. And so quitting is not easy. And, and looking back, no, that's not quitting. What if I were have to left? No, it would not have been quitting. It would have been self-sabaging, self-salvaging. That's the word. <laughs> self-sabaging. Can you imagine? Uh, just pillaging everything. <laughs> Sorry, ADHD. Um, but here, like that would have been fine. But I don't think that that my brain today would have been comfortable with that decision then just knowing who I am and and how I kind of learned to to push through different things, right? And and much to my own mental health and detriment. And so I realize now that maybe leaving would have been okay. Maybe leaving would have been safe. And safe is great. Safe is also how you can thrive. You know, you don't, you don't have to put yourself in painful situations. You, and sometimes it's okay to slow down a little bit. And, but for me in that moment, my, my survival mode was not letting me do that. It was, it was t telling me to jump off the plank, but I, I just couldn't move my feet. And so my neighbor who is like my second dad, he, we had a thing where uh, we send each other golden retriever memes and videos all the time. I grew up with a golden retriever. I have a golden retriever now and they're my spirit animal. You know, I, I'm very friendly. I love strangers, highly food motivated. And so just, just the presence of them, you know, boosts that serotonin for me. And so he sends me one of those and I, I mid spiral. I am looking at flights home. I am doing this. I'm doing that. And it shocked me back. And I was like, thank you. You didn't know how much I needed that right now. And he was like, what's going on? And again, like this, this man's like my second dad. I've known him since I was four. Um, and I, I just break down and I, I call him and I'm like, he says that I'm a failure and he's not sure that I'm doing this. And I, you know, just ramble, 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 because sometimes we need that to heal. Sometimes we just need to be heard to heal. And that's why I love therapy is because I pay my therapist to listen to me and I have no, I feel, don't feel like a burden because I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm paying you to listen to me. You hear all my problems. Um, so moral of the story, go to therapy. And <laughs> everyone needs a therapist. But he's like really somber on the other end. And he pauses for a minute. And, and what he says next, I want tattooed on my forehead. He says, Christina, listen to me close. You can be the entire package and sent to the wrong address. And I just fall silent. And he repeats himself. He says, you can be the entire package and sent to the wrong address. You are New Jersey in Peoria. Your energy is big. And that's okay that they cannot handle that. That doesn't mean that you can't get through it. And so I reflect back on uh, this mantra that my best friend in PT school and I had of prove them wrong. You know, you, you have this notion of me and what you think I can do, how far you think I can go. You think because I have anxiety, you think because I have depression, you think because I have ADHD that I can't do things. The w I might not do them the way you do them, but let me tell you, they get done. And they get done outside of the box and they get done creatively and they get done in ways that you haven't even seen or heard of yet. 
And that's because of the way my brain works. This is the whole package. And I'm so sorry that I ended up on your doorstep. Now you have to figure out what to do with me. I am a bag of dog food that has just been delivered to a house with 12 cats. And you now have to figure out where the nearest animal shelter is, right? Because I am not any, like, you know, in the words that Elise Meyer says, if I am too much, go find less. But here's the thing. When I rolled up in Peoria, I was a problem that he had to solve. I was a package at the wrong address and he had to figure out the next steps. He had to figure out what am I going to do with this kind of brain? What am I going to do with this kind of charisma, with this kind of passion, with this kind of questioning? He once told me, I can't tell if you are underconfident or overconfident because of the questions you ask. And I said, no, I think I am the right amount of confidence because I am getting what I am paying $10,000 for. That comment came well be after, well after the um, whole package address line where I started to find myself rolling out of survival mode, embracing that awkward, embracing the idea that not everybody is gonna like me. And that is okay. You might not like this podcast. That's okay. But guess what? If anybody comments on anything, if anybody's like, I don't really like this, Thanks for boosting my algorithm. Thanks. You helped me get on someone else's page. And maybe that person is the right address for me to be at. Maybe maybe I was the at the wrong address for you. And maybe I didn't belong on your page or you didn't resonate with this message. That's okay. But maybe that was the point because I was trying to get somewhere else. I needed to get somewhere else, but I needed to be at the wrong address first. And sometimes it sucks that you're at the wrong address. And that's valid. That is so valid. It is really awkward. Like, have you ever like went to your friend's house and like they were like on a corner house and you like weren't sure which corner it was. And like you went to the wrong corner and you like rang the doorbell and you're just like, hi, I'm looking for my friend. And they're like, oh, they don't live here. You know, that is awkward. But sometimes you need to fail to make the mistakes to learn where you need to go. And maybe this is all me just processing this on a microphone in front of a camera. And maybe it's just me trying to heal from, from still the academic trauma of trying to, of being the square peg that has been shaved and forced to try and fit into a circular hole. Maybe that's what this is all about. But what I know is that I eventually got to my right address. I grit my teeth. I did what I needed to do. I continued to ask the questions. And you know what? In that moment, yeah, I did a lot of masking. I did a lot of things that I didn't like doing. I don't like acute care. And to every acute care PT listening to this podcast, I give you so much applaud because your job is hard and that's a lot of lines to manage and it gives me so much anxiety. And maybe pelvic floor gives you anxiety. And we'll talk about that. And maybe just life gives you anxiety. We'll talk about that right? Because anxiety is normal. Anxiety lets you know that you're onto something good. If you aren't anxious about it, then you're too comfortable. And if you're too comfortable, then you're not going to succeed, right? Then you're not going to push to that next level. And if you're comfortable where you are and you're comfortable being comfortable, that's awesome. 
That's awesome. But if you are uncomfortable being comfortable, and there is that itch, and there is that drive, and there's things that make you anxious, this podcast is for you. This podcast encourages you to stay anxious. Because as you stay anxious, and as you broadcast these anxieties, they become normalcy. And then people start listening. And then we shift the narrative, right? Right now, there is no narrative. We do not see ourselves in the narrative, create the narrative. That's the formula we're looking for. And maybe this is a blurb on the internet. Maybe this is a spot on the map of the algorithm. But it exists, and it's shareable, and it's likable, it's commentable, and there's things we can do to make it relatable, right? We don't have the same stories. We don't live the same lives. That's why this is cool. But there's a little piece of you and me, a little piece of me and you. So let's do that. Let's connect. Let's begin making those anxieties our normalcy. Let's start embracing the awkward and finding what makes us successful. Because in the end, in this stage in life and to be successful, sometimes you are the entire package and sent to the wrong address. Do not give up where you are at now because you will be successful. And I feel like that's a very strong and powerful ending to a very anxious 30-minute ramble. Um, So thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me um, create a safe space in my own safe space, share this safe space. And if you like it, cool, let me know. That would really help my ego. <laughs> really just kind of help me know that that what I'm doing, that maybe I did land at the right address. And I just want to thank you guys for, for giving me your time, for giving me this space. Thank you again to Jimmy and PT Pinecast Network for giving me a space to start normalizing anxiety and to just start a conversation. All right. Till next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Thrive Guide presented on the PT Pinecast Network. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or a comment down below. It helps other people find us. You can check out links to everything mentioned in the show notes below. Thank you again and keep on thriving.